Welcome to Gin and Topic. I'm Sarah. And I'm Anya. And every week we seek to learn a little bit of something about absolutely anything. All with the help from experts and rather a lot of gin. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs) So... How resilient are you feeling today? Not very. (laughs) I'm probably one emotional quote away from a full mental breakdown. (laughs) But what's new? (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, in that case... Don't look at my books. (laughs) This episode is going to be for you. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. Excellent. Because we are talking to Dr. Indrani Lahiri. Senior Lecturer in Media and Communications at Leicester Media School. Right. I like media. I did media A-level. And she's in the Faculty of Computing, Engineering and Media. But the topic is Mm. community resilience. Right. You're expecting me to know what that means, are you? Well... Resilience in the community, resilience of yeah, the community. Yeah, it's one of those a bit wanky things where I'm like, um, um, it's it's a bit general. Oh, okay. Um, I think you might like it. Okay, good. Because we're talking about resilience. Yeah. We're involving the creative arts. Good. And yeah. media. Yeah. In that resilience. Yeah. Which good. talking about your own personal resilience, so important, <laughs> huh? As the girl with the hot water bottle who's just been listening to the audio book. As a bit of comfort. I just got to Starfall, Sarah. <laughs> and I watched the Harry Potter reunion yesterday. And I didn't cry, but I'm going to watch it again tonight and I will. Good. Thank you. Excellent. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we are going to talk to Dr. Indrani Lahiri in a minute about community resilience. And our question is, why do we need to talk about community resilience and how does that matter? Good. Yeah. And she's waiting in the waiting room, Good. so we'll let her in. Can we have a gin? We, do you know, I think we bloody can. Yeah. Because it's my resilience there in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's how alcoholism starts, but okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> um, we're drinking tankery today. Oh, you know what? I like Good tankery. Good faithful. Some people talk shit about tankery. I like it. As an easy supermarket option that you can do a lot with, I think a tankery is a good one. I, I prefer it to a Gordon's. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Obviously, tankery number 10 is a step up, but a good, a good basic tankery. But a good... I like it. At least this is the export strength. Good. So we're going to be able to taste all the botanicals. See, no, I learned something. I you learned and Emma something. can talk about the botanicals. <laughs> I'm not doing that. Sorry, Emma. Big respect for you and everything. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but we're just poor Jim. Yeah, yeah. A big large. A big large. A big large. Because a large isn't good enough. We've got to have a big large gin. <laughs> Get them all in there. Um, mm. And we'll talk about resilience. Right. Can we also mention quickly what we're having of our gin today? Because I don't know if we've done this on the podcast before. And I'm excited about the fact we're doing it. Oh, well, we can. Would you like to tell them? So, shout out to Uncle Michael. Because he put us onto this. Yeah. Um, We are having cucumber with black pepper. Well, actually, it's not a black pepper. It's a five blend. It's a blend of pepper. But you have to get the right sort of grindy level. You do. And And I like more pepper than you do. Exactly. But you put it in. With your cucumber mm-hmm. and you give it a nice little stir. Mm-hmm. It's delicious. Should see the hand movements there. Mm-hmm. 
Cheers. <laughs> so tell us, tell us about your choice of tankery. You know, during the pandemic, what we were doing is we were um, doing paintings and stuff together with the community, and we were kind of, um, you know, some of the university researchers joining us as well. And we thought that this is this is something this was which is subtle, but which is quite nice to mm. kind of help us carry on and yeah. It's nice, but I, I, I quite like it. And, and the reason I chose that for this one as well is because that I believe that it fits quite well with what we are doing with community resilience. We're kind of trying to um, blend in different um, areas, blend in different people. Nice. <laughs> I, like your, I like your way of thinking. <laughs> I love a little analogy that can fit I know, I can see you smiling. You're like, oh, I love an analogy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll pick apart exactly what that analogy is with com community resilience in a minute. Now, community resilience. Right. So, is this the part where I have to say what I know? <laughs> well... We always like to start the mm -hmm. podcast by exploring what we think we know about your topic, what might be rattling around in our brains that we may have learned that might have some relevance towards your topic, and then we can explore all of those gaping holes. What did you just... That was my watch. <laughs> went flying off. <laughs> those gaping holes of our knowledge. Okay. Because there's not much... In there. Uh, no. Especially with yeah. my brain. Yeah. I might have learned things once, but out they go through the sieve. So, okay. community resilience. Right. Yes. Well, two words that I understand what they mean, which Separately. is a, a good community. start. Yeah. People together. Yeah. yeah. Like Group it. of. Excellent. Yeah. Resilience. Okay, part of dyslexia is really struggling to define words, so I know what it means. Resilience. But... Being able to... Cope. Yes, with handle things. things. Yes. Yeah. Having the, the tools and the equipment to get through it. Yeah. So like you feeling today, you've got your water bottle, you've got your fluffy, you've got gin. You're yeah. feeling a little more resilient than you were earlier Thanks today. Thanks for using me as the example there, Sarah. I love, it. love that. Cheers. <laughs> so community resilience, put them together. Obviously, we're talking about how communities can be resilient yes. with things. So collectively together and my hands are bringing yeah. all those people together. Which is then where I'm a little bit like gaping knowledge holes because I'm like, okay, I know what it means. Could I give you an example of when it's happened or how it might be useful? I mean, I can get how it might be useful, but uh, yeah. I haven't got much, basically. I'm a little bit scraping the bottom of the barrel today. Yeah, so I think we've defined it. We know what it is. And we're thinking about pandemic. There's been an awful lot about community resilience through the pandemic. And some of it, and I'm going to say it here, and... some of it a bit wanky bollocks. <laughs> um, NHS could probably do with a pay rise before clapping, lovely gesture and everything. And a few more staff Wonderful, members however, yes, yeah, yeah. All the rest, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I won't get political. And also that whole rallying around in the community and feeling tighter and It was all the, the we're all in it. this together, which as somebody who never got a day off work, she was in retail the whole way through. It felt very weird to me. I was like, are we all in this together? I'm not staying home. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> Nothing's changed for me. No. No, my work just 
stayed at home. Yeah. To be honest, I quite like that. Yeah, you've and, enjoyed it. And therefore, community resilience, to me, I'm like, actually, my relationship with my community hasn't changed. know much because we haven't had that impact and we haven't needed True. that community resilience. Absolutely. And we have had a community resilience in the sense that our little community of the family has helped each other be resilient. Mm -hmm. My God, look at me go. Look at me go. I'm little. I amaze myself. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Okay, so there's a fair point because communities can mean a huge amount of different things and therefore how and whether a community, how it becomes a community and what that community is to be resilient. So whether you're talking geographical community or ethnic community or age community or... Oh, are you going to call me a young person again? Yeah, exactly. Um, So all sorts of different communities and, and how resilient they could be. I could see how it's important mm-hmm. and able to define it. I have no idea about it. No, no. And I have no idea how you go about starting those things. And our question is, why do we need to talk about community resilience and how does that matter? Not a clue. Zero. To continue it happening? I don't know. Yeah. So we've we've got... Lots to learn, <laughs> as always. Lots to learn. Mm. So there you go. Um... Anything useful? I think we can learn a lot about why we should be talking about community (laughs) resilience because we've run out of stuff as to why we should because we could see what a community is, we could see about resilience, but why we should talk about it, we actually just don't know. So maybe that's a good place that we need to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think that community resilience, I I can't quite like your conversation, you know, how you kind of... um, separated the two words and in my head I was going like all the pictures like flashbacks was, was coming to the front because when we started this community resilience thing you know and it started with the pandemic of course mm-hmm. like as you hinted and it was very much like to a point where we were thinking like okay so we we stay inside the university very much in a in a um, secure place doing our staff doing our research but during the pandemic, can we actually bring that out with the community and kind of give them something that they can look forward to or, you know, they can have fun with and all of that. And the first challenge that came to us was the, um, you know, how, um, of course, the NHS and the, the whole lot of um, tension that was there with the staff, uh, you know, nurses, doctors, they were kind of, they haven't seen death that disclose, you know, so they have encountered, but not as numbers. You see what I mean? So that was our starting point. So one of our, um, you know, one of our colleagues, um, she basically introduced us to someone who was, uh, who was working in NHS as a doctor. And the problem was like, and she was saying, well, you know what? My daughter has been going to the um to the nursery, then she has been going to daycare, then she has been going to the school, and then after that, after school. So I was only having that space to be shared at home when I was back home um, for about three to four hours we used to spend together. Now, I know that she's at home. I have got to do my work, and I am 
facing a very stressful situation, which I've not faced before. Mm. So I'm disturbed. My brain says something, but I know my heart says something else when I see my daughter. I just don't know how to use that space, you know. And, 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 and that's where we all started, that conversation. So we kind of set up a digital platform, which is the children's stories in times of corona. So it started with the children because we were trying to deal with the school closures and all of that. Um, and then gradually we expanded that to see that how we can, we can work with creative pathways. Um, we can use music, we can use arts, we can use really anything natural around you as well to build that resilience. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's kind of a practice, you know? So we are taught about resilience in school, but in school you get to say, well, can you identify your emotions? So do you know that you're sad? Yes, of course I know I'm sad. Okay, you cope. You have been given a situation saying, okay, your friend has have upset you and, you know, you've got some problems. So how do you actually bring yourself back? But that's kind of a very simplistic resilience we are talking about. Mm. We're not talking about the systems thinking. You see what I mean? So every crisis is linked to another crisis. That leads to another crisis. So here is this mum crisis leading on to a doctor crisis, leading on to the family crisis. So it's kind of all interlinked. So, yeah, so that's where it started from. So we kind of then tried to break it down and saying, well, what does community resilience mean? Mm. Supporting each other. But, you know, how do we support each other? So we kind of support each other, having a better sense of what resources we have as mm-hmm. individuals so that we can lend out those resources. You know, it's not just about the financial support or economic support, but it's also about, you know, giving people a new um, sense mm. of belonging, a new sense of understanding the world, a new sense of things that they have forgotten about. And yeah, so that's where we started experimenting with it. Mm. So it was kind of a fun thing. I was just thinking when you were talking, I was just thinking back to all sorts of things, you know, from the beginning of the pandemic and the whole Joe Wicks, you know. Oh, my God, Joe Wicks loved the pandemic. That PE every day. But how that then built that community and sort of getting people together. and Everyone was doing Zoom quizzes. Zoom quizzes, baking. There was that whole baking thing. But also thinking to some of our previous um, podcasts when we were talking about um uh fantasy for mental health yeah yeah um, doctor who tweet alongs exactly yeah. the tweet alongs and things like that that then built little communities yeah. around that fan base um to help with the wider resilience so there's a huge amount loads of little sort of micro Customs. Is that the right word? <laughs> you. Yeah, I'm on a roll. I know, yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's the thing because, you know, you've got the people, but it's not just about people. What's resilience without adapting? What's resilience without your courage? You know, you did the Zoom quiz because at the end of the day, you had that courage to start it. You know, not many people will have that courage. Mm-hmm. So you give that, you know, so you kind of, you're showing them the pathways saying them that you know you don't have to have huge amounts of things you can actually you know use your resources that's around you mm-hmm. and use your people around you to kind of communicate and you know and, and as you were saying that mental health at the end of the day that's important you know and it's not just 
it's not just about the pandemic, but pandemic did actually, you know, to, to some extent, like, of course, we, we, we went through a lot, but I think that we needed that disruption to some extent because we were getting used to some, some sort of mm, things mm. which needed to be disrupted, you know, and it's kind of nature's own ways of teaching us, possibly. Mm. Obviously, talking about disruption, as you were saying earlier, communities, there's always different communities. If you don't already know that community, because I'm assuming you were trying to reach some that you didn't already have that sort of relationship with, how difficult was that made by the fact you couldn't actually just go and see them? <laughs> no, no. I think that's interesting. That's a very good question because that's one thing that we have done. So say, for example, we have been dealing with um, young adults, mostly in the university. Suddenly, we thought of actually dealing with primary kids, which we had no idea about. Like, you know, how, where do we start? What do we say? How do we behave? And all of that, you know. So what we started doing was um, kind of looking into the storybooks, first of all. We spoke to a lot of librarians mm -hmm. because they deal with kids and um, they kind of, uh, they can't... Uh, um, I would say many different levels of questions from the kids, their parents and all of that. So we started looking to that. But then we also spoke to the teachers. So this is more kind of a community that we're talking about, possibly age-wise. But if you're talking about diasporic communities, that's even more complex because their understanding is not just about where they are, but it's also about how they were born and brought up. So it's kind of a complex process that you're then looking at um, which is interesting and and you know what like you can know a lot um, by just asking people to um, look into their pictures their interest how did they cook and so it's more about the social psychology that we were combining you're saying that as humans you know forget about the language forget about you know what you have done forget about everything um, just remember that you have got the skin, flesh, and blood. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes it more, much more easier, you know, when you're talking about community resilience. So it, it was like a whole lot of different kinds of discussions, but that also made it so much complex that there was a level where I had no idea, like, okay, where do we go from here? Mm -hmm. And that's where we had to then look into other people and borrow in their knowledge. So, so it was a kind of a, what we were thinking, you know, and we were joking on this, that, you know, we were... We were here as a team to build the community resilience, but we, what we have also built is a academic resilience, which is like as academics, how do we stay resilient? Because at some point they will, there will be a you know time when you you think, well, you know, I'm an academic, I'm supposed to know this, but actually you don't have to know everything, you know. You have got your whole life to learn about things mm -hmm. from each other. And that's a kind of a thing also, you know. And, and yeah, so I would say that it's been an interesting journey altogether. Mm. Mm. Mm -hmm. So can we go on that journey with you? Can we go back to the beginning as to why? Why were, why were you looking at community resilience? Was it just because this spark of the pandemic that then set off this whole sort of area, or is it something that you've already been looking at? That's right. Yeah. So what happened was that you know, as as my background, my background is in in, in digital media and society. So I call myself as a, a digital um, anthropologist, 
and I'm very much interested in how people behave on online platforms, how they use it and, you know, how they build connections and all of that. So we then got some funding to kind of explore um, uh, the, the, how you use um, different creative forms, uh, particularly drama, theatre, to build community resilience, that's kind of, not community resilience, sorry, um, to talk about um, um, mental health literacy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where people in the society, of course, mental health is a thing which is kind of stigmatized and all of that. So then we started exploring that. And it was a project where we, um, it's called Me Health Project. So it's a global um, challenge research fund um, and uh, funded by UKRI. And what happened was that as we were exploring that, we thought that there are ways that through which we can also use media in different mm-hmm. ways to increase community resilience and, uh, and and teach people about mental health and, and all of that. So whether they be using Instagram or they be using TikTok. So as we were exploring that, I was also uh, working with the schools to kind of uh, look into the migrant schooling crisis. So how, you know, how you talk about, okay, because there have been lots of migrants and children have come over, therefore you've got less space and therefore there is a pressure on the system and all of that. And then we were trying to talk to the teachers to kind of understand what's actually happening in the reality. And these two projects were running side by side Mm. since 2018. 2018, I started the mental health one, 2019, the school one. Mm. And then 2020, March, we had this sudden situation with the lockdown. Mm. So because I was already working with the schools, we started to kind of then discuss about, okay, what's next? What do we do from here? You know, we, we know that we have got some data that tells us something. How can we use that? Mm. And that's where we started kind of thinking about it. Then we, you know, all of a sudden we set up the uh, children's stories in times of Corona at that point of time. And this year we got some funding as well to kind of now build up mobile applications and, and different kinds of tools to keep um, children resilient. So that was our motivation, actually. Mm. So I would say, you know, if it's not just a pandemic, we're already in it. Mm. But we didn't know that we will be actually taking it in the line of community resilience. Mm. So we started with that. And then we started, I, I kind of launched a festival um, in 2020 called Manavutsa, which is like, um, which is, if you translate, it's called a human festival. And that was a time when people were feeling stressed. Um, there were lots happening and there were already lots of news of like uh, losing uh, close uh, relatives and, uh, you know, all of those stories were actually there. But it was not until, you know, when I had, I believe that when I had, when I experienced one loss in my family was something where I kind of then tried to see myself mm. as a as a subject, you know, mm. as a subject now exploring, okay, what I've been actually talking about is happening in my life. Mm. Yeah. How do I deal with it? It's very different state. Mm. It's very difficult to kind of bridge that. Mm. Um, so we then went in more deeper and deeper because I know that, you know, if you, yes, well, you have got the grief, you are sad, but your life has to go on. Mm. You, you, you have to do something that kind of creates meaning mm. and look at things. So whatever grief you have, can that actually make you strong? 
you know, that was the kind of pathway that then I started exploring and kind of thinking, okay, there are always bad things happening, you know, yeah, now it's more, but, you know, there are situations in life where we go through like very difficult situations, complex, and you think, well, how can we get out of this situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, in every of those situations, I believe there are certain things which mm. if we dig a bit deeper, mm. we can find mm. our stepping stones to the next mm. um, level or whatever. So, yeah, so then, then we started exploring it. Then we started publishing and started writing, creating stuff. And, you know, and, 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 and now we are um, in the third year, we will be running this year as well, the Man of Serve and and now we have got this building resilience in children. So we got some funding to now kind of work with the psychiatrists mm. and psychologists, because of course, you know, for us, we are very much from uh, coming from an academic perspective, but there is a practice element into it. Mm. Mm. Can I go back to how we define resilience then? Because I found it really interesting what you were saying about the fact that, you know, obviously it's out of something difficult. It's out of something um, that's hard. So how do we define that resilience and how do we define community resilience? Yeah, I think when you're talking about um, resilience, you have to think about not just about, um, you know, it's not so you say the community and the resilience. If I'm defining resilience, I will say that resilience is not just about identifying what you're going through, but it's also about adapting to a crisis, mm. yeah, and and your courage put together. So if you look into adapting and courage, because what, however way you're adapting to this pandemic, it's not going to be the same as you will be dealing with if there is a future pandemic you know what i'm gonna say right sarah i'm gonna bring up that bear grills meme (laughs) improvise adapt overcome (laughs) (laughs) so true that there you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah so so i i think that that's that's one of the very very critical elements you know if you if you if you look into resilience i will i will be saying like you know adaptability is something possibly which is central and then around that, you have got this courage. Then you have got this system thinking. So if you look into resilience as a core, in order to strengthen your core, um, you have to have those layers yeah. that kind of protect your core. And as your core, so, you know, when, when you get hit by any kind of difficulty or any kind of challenges you're facing, it doesn't hit you in the core, but actually the other layers are going to absorb that shock. Mm. coming to you directly because you will be you will not be seeing the crisis as a subjective element mm. but more kind of an objective observation what part does media and the creative arts play then because you know you've been talking about the theater um things that you've been doing and painting and all sorts of sort of creative um outputs that you've been doing with them which we love and as we were saying you know there's a lot has come from you know being able to binge watch series on tv and how that's kept us going so what is that connection with the media then with building resilience in the community well i think that media actually provides you a platform to connect and share and um media connects your um say for example you find it is much more easier to find people with common interests because we have got the media now 
if we didn't have a social media, say for example, here particularly because we are talking about connections and community resilience, social media has been quite central to that. You know, it's not just about how you're building the content and sharing it, but actually you are also, you know, it's not about the Facebook page, but think about it from the context of Facebook Messenger. So you're not going out, but you're still actually connecting with someone to talk mm -hmm. about something. And you're mm -hmm. trying to understand, okay, how you can um, stay well, feel well, and that kind of thing. So that conversation doesn't have to be all this on the public domain, but it's still on the public domain. So that's the best thing about social media, you know, um, that you are socially connected. Of course, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going into the debates of algorithms and web scholars and all of that because people are watching you. Well, I was going to say, because then we've got a lot about the negatives yes. of social media as well. I love the algorithms. They make sure I see all the Taylor Swift content on TikTok. So I'm OK with it. They can take all my data as long as they give me the right videos. I don't care. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, so you get the information at the right time. That's another thing, uh, and, and very important thing actually. You know, so it, it kind of can help you find a house to rent uh, very easily because they have already seen what you have uh, watched on your Safari or Google. And so web scholars are very interesting. But what I'm saying here is that you know the web scholars work more effectively when you are posting something on public domain publicly, like a public posting. It becomes mm -hmm. easier. But of course, mm -hmm. web crawlers are not going to be very effective, even if somebody plants it, although it's not planted. But if somebody plants it in your messenger, it's, it's not going to be that easy because, because the conversations are happening in different layers. And, um, and I think it's more kind of a personal one. And so, so you can't pull the data like that unless you are hacking that person, you know, which is kind of a different, complete, different level. Mm. But in the yeah, media, it's not good there. <laughs> not good there, no. Um, so, you know, it, I think that because of the media, mm -hmm. talking about community resilience became much more easier. So why should we talk more about community resilience? Why is it important for us to even acknowledge it? It's just to, um, you know, how, to break the stigma that we have always around. Like, you know, we kind of don't talk about our mental health. Mm. Um, by doing the creative stuff, we thought that it helped a lot of people to come out of that shell, you know. And it was easy to break rather than I going in to kind of do my lecture on community resilience, when I was actually painting with a brush, it was helping that person to talk about um, their past, talk about what they're experiencing, bring out their anger, you know, and um, so it's all sort of things that they've experienced. And I thought, well, even if you're not using this difficult word of community resilience, it sounds like, okay, we are framing something. But, you know, for academic interest, we have been using that. But literally what we were doing, actually, to use these creative uh, pathways to open up, give them the space to talk about, bring out, and, and the more you converse with them, I think they try and understand that, yes, and, and acknowledge that, yes, there is something called mental health, and I don't need to be hiding that, you know. If I'm mm. sad, there is no point hiding, saying, well, pretending that, oh, no, I'm very good, you know. So when you ask someone that, how are you today, people will say, I'm very good, thank you. Oh, yeah. Maybe Stand something has happened. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks. Yeah, how are you? Fine. Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, no 
problem. Because we are not really asking if you're okay. We're actually just doing the niceties. Yeah. It's only when somebody goes, no, but really, how are you? That we go, oh my yeah. God, you wouldn't believe the week yeah. I've had. Yes, that's the thing, you know, and, and that's the shell that we, we, we are used to. So breaking that shell is very important. And therefore, talking about community resilience in a way, I'm not saying that you have to use that word, but it's actually practicing it more within the community, saying, well, you know, bringing in your example. And I believe that that's some of the things that media can help. So if I'm talking about my, um, you know, my grief and how I have been grieving and how I have experienced things, so I'm opening up, then other people will think, oh, yes, you know, I, I can find that similarity. I know that there is something in there. But there are some people who will listen to you, they will acknowledge it, but they still find it very hard to accept it in their own lives and, you know, ask for help. And that's where we're thinking that, you know, this community resilience, when we say that, okay, a group of 10 people come together talking about, okay, what's been the horrific experience and what has been the best experience and what they have learned and all of that, there is no power relationship. It's actually a community of uh, people coming together to discuss and share and, and all of that. But I think the problem that we have also faced is, you know, with the schooling, so how we always think that um, you shouldn't open up to a stranger. Now, how do you define stranger is one of the very interesting things. So say, for example, you're having a meltdown in the middle of a street or mm -hmm. you are fainting in the middle of a street. A stranger is going to pick you up or ring the 999 and ask for an ambulance and your life is saved. Is that a stranger? Well, you know, so that those are the kind of conversations that we were also having there that you know so how much you know and how how much we doubt how much we ask how much we say if we need our help um and 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 how transparent we need to be about that because if we are keeping it to ourselves then it will only tighten us to a mm. point where mm. then you know it's like a elastic band there will be always a point where you're going to break Mm. And a community is different as well, and because I'm thinking about the loads of just loads of mentions during the pandemic about the blitz spirit and oh. how you know oh. we as communities got through the war, so we can do this and. So, Don't get me started. Are, are <laughs> communities naturally resilient because that's what we do as animals to get together to sort of help each other to move forward or are there other communities that are better some communities that are better than others to working with each other are you other? pitting communities against each other yeah <laughs> let's have a community that's not going to build Fight. resilience is it sarah that's how the hunger game started so i don't think that's a very good idea i think that this is a very good discussion again um and interestingly when we were talking about the community resilience i was focusing more on the social psychology because that's what what we were experimenting with. But there was also something beyond that, which, was, which is called the cultural theory. And the cultural theory is like, if I kind of go very basics on that, then you have got this high context cultures and low context cultures. So low context cultures are mostly independent. Um, and, uh, you know, like you said, but there are communities which can stay resilient or at least think that they have got that skills that they can bring in and all of that. 
And then, and, and, but they are very individualistic um, as a culture when we're talking about low context. There's the high context cultures are the cultures who actually always work as a community. Interestingly, during the pandemic, we looked into some of the examples um, and it was not about community resilience, but it was more about how different governments, different communities, different peoples, different countries responded to the pandemic. We saw that it's very interesting to see how Sierra Leone, they responded to the crisis. And it was, it was not because that they had all the resources, but mm. it was because that they had their experience of civil war. It was because that they had their experience of dealing with the Ebola crisis. Therefore, mm. they knew that when they were dealing with the Ebola crisis, how to train up the, uh, the people from the community to kind of deal with some of the very basic stuff if they don't have resources, how mm. they can create that resource. So they were all well equipped with that. And if you look into some of the countries, like say, for example, like New Zealand, you know, so the, 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 the very, um, you know, um, part of the question here would be that, of course, Sierra Leone is a high context culture, which functions as a community all the time. Mm-hmm. New Zealand is more of a low context culture. But in New Zealand as well, people did respond to whatever the government was saying. Uh, very well, quickly, that's just very because she's amazing. Oh, all right, get your laser <laughs> out of here, Sarah. I, I know I she's, she's I great. She's great. We could talk for ages about the difference between countries run by women and run by men and how they handled the pandemic, but we won't go there today because that's not what we're talking about. So I'll right. keep my no, head shut. You know, the, the, these are these are some of the things that kind of, um, as you were saying, that yes, there there are some ways, some patterns that you see, if you look around, there are patterns that has emerged. So how, how high context responded to the crisis, how low context responded to the crisis was quite different. And then there were societies who actually used pictures to communicate, which worked much more than um, political, um, you know, say, for example, political speeches or political mm-hmm. mandates, you know, because, of course... Did we keep listening to the political speeches? I feel like past a few months in, they weren't <laughs> building any resilience and we all stopped listening. Yeah. I think once we'd heard one stay home, save lives, we yeah. were pretty much done. Yeah, it's, it's not just about, you know, it's not about any government, but it's more about how we as human beings respond and how we question politics and all of that, you know. But let's not go into that complex <laughs> and complicated sort of, you know, bubble. We've seen our bubble of gene and topics, maybe. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a good idea. This is a safe space. It is a safe it's space, It's fine. Yes. So let's imagine for a minute that you run the world, one of my favourite positions to put people in. You are running the world and it is your challenge to keep everyone resilient. It's a bit of a bigger community, this one. To keep them resilient, what's the first thing you would ask people to do? I would ask people to listen to each other first rather than talking. That's very important. I think that's the starting point. You know, we all talk, we all talk all the time, but we don't listen. And unless you, you listen, you can't actually... I believe that's, that's our learning thing. You know, that's how we learn. That's how we build resilience. That's how we connect. Um, so, you know, as human beings, we need to kind of learn to listen, which we were saying, again, you know, something that we have to unlearn, possibly, our practices that we have gone... It's, it has become, like, it, it has become part of us, isn't it? Very always think that we have got something to share or I have got something to give something to talk about. So I would say, you know, be a good listener. That's going to be the starting point. 
And then, you know, I would say that stay natural, you know, stay natural. I believe mm-hmm. that the filters, because however way you feel uplifted with your Instagram filters, mm-hmm. you know, they're not real. They're not real, mm-hmm. you know, in your life. It's not going to look colorful all the time. And, and stop comparing, you know. So look into others. You have got your life. You're mm-hmm. going to build your life. You're going to work on it. You know, you need to be happy on it and with it, sorry. And um, you have to have your own community. And I believe that that's the thing makes, um, you know, so, so going to the basics, I would say, very much. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'll start listening to you if you start listening to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, so as I was saying... <laughs> With all the work that you've been doing with community resilience during this pandemic, how does it set us up for the next one? Oh, Sarah Cruz, remove yourself. Or the next something, or the next, you know, because do you, like, build a battery of resilience to take yourself forward? I'm going to guess an answer here. Oh, okay. Go on, Go on, I think if you've already got the skills and the equipment from this one, you are better equipped to deal with the next one. Fantastic. Yay! Go stop you can adapt. Yes, but you need to know also beyond the skills, you need to know how to adapt with those skills. That's another thing I would add on to that. But yes, if you've got the basics right, you can move on to it, but it's not, you know, you need to keep recharging the battery, I think. Mm. You can't pile up yeah. batteries. So you could, it, it, you know, it, it, it's not something that will work um, year after year. It's something that you have to invent within yourself and you have to go practicing about it. And, and I think, you know, that, that's, where the, that's where the trick lies. Brilliant. Well, we're well equipped, especially with Tankery. Mm. You know, that is also the rechargeable battery. Oh, yeah, there. I think it's a really good tool to help build my resilience is tankery gen. and i love it you know the tanker and, and and i chose it because you know um it, it links quite well to the community as i was saying that at the beginning you know and um i like it it's subtle it doesn't it, but it's it, it creates that environment of, of speaking so the next time we will be doing it yes i'm going to bring in the bottle as well perfect <laughs> well thank you very much chatting with us Thank you very much for inviting and it's been very, um, you know, um, wonderful speaking to you guys. And I think you've been doing a a, a massive work around, um, you know, how around creating that community and and bringing in new discussions. So thank you. Stop, you'll make her head grow even bigger. We can't handle this. (laughs) We're not used to compliments. We are community resilient. (laughs) Oh, stop it, I'm blushing. Absolutely. Sarah! Ow! Sorry, I didn't mean to be that loud. They were my Um, ears. What have you learnt today then? So our question was, why do we need to talk about community resilience and how does that matter? It matters because, as Bear Grylls would say, improvise, adapt, overcome. Absolutely. Thank you. And because we have shown throughout the pandemic how we can be resilient as communities but there are all sorts of different communities with different ways of being 
resilient. It's true. And so actually it's really important to talk about that. Yeah. And to talk about how we do it and how others do it and to listen I'm to listening other to you. People. I'm doing active listening. Good. Thank I you. like it. I don't mind if it's not active, just as long as it's listening. Because as well, we considering heard, we're doing a listening. podcast, you'd hope people are actively listening to it, Sarah. Well, they can't see your nods. Yeah, so but okay. they might be nodding themselves along with us. <gasps> they could be. I can't probably see not them right either. now. <laughs> They're probably laughing at us right now. But you know what? That's still active listening because that we've is. made them giggle. Yeah. And that being resilient as an individual, yeah. we need that community to help us to be resilient as well. And, you know, for us, our little gin and topic community helps us it's to be, us be resilient. resilient as podcast hosts. Which is nice to learn it that is. this wasn't just a ridiculous idea fueled by gin. <laughs> I love anything fueled by gin. <laughs> Example A, this podcast. <laughs> and the other important thing for resilience is gin. And there we go. Yeah. Nice. Good. I'm going to take my resilience to dinner with me where I will fight you all for food. Okay, good, good. Oh, and that reminds me, another one we learnt. You've got to keep recharging that battery. Can you plug me in? With some food. Oh, oh, smart, yeah. (laughs) Off we go then. Recharging, here we come. Thank you, Community Resilience. You got to the end, so hopefully you did. (laughs) That's very true. Well done. If you'd like more content from us, you can follow us on Instagram. You can. And you'll also find our chief gin taster, the gin monkey, with tasting notes of all the gins that we're tasting in the series. Go on to Instagram, so it's worth following. Yeah, yeah. Topic gin. Topic gin. Same on Twitter. Same on Twitter. Send us a little tweet. Yeah, we're on Facebook too. Topic gin, keeping it all nice and simple. And you can email us. You can, if you want, at hello at ginandtopic.com. If you click subscribe as well, that would be really handy. Reviews, tell people. for you to do. And we'll be back next week. With another episode. I know. And another guest. And another gin. Yay. And don't forget to join me and Emma in our tasting room on Sunday and she can tell us all about the gin.